The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Happy Reformation Day to you all. The chosen lesson for Reformation Sunday from the book of Ecclesiastes. is found in a passage in your bulletins. And if you're at home, uh, open up your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 7. We're going to read verses 15 to 22. I'm actually going to read not the NIV. So I'm going to, I'm going to read this text from the ESV because I think it does a little bit better job, especially on verse 18. But you can follow along in your bulletins. You can kind of see the differences in the translations here. Here's what Solomon wrote. In my vain life, I have seen everything. There is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness. And there is a wicked man who proclaims his life, his, who prolongs his life in his evil doing. Be not overly righteous and do not make yourself too wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Be not overly wicked, neither be a fool. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you should take all of this. From that, withhold not your hand. One shall come out from both of them. Wisdom gives strength to the wise man more than ten rulers who are in a city. Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. This is the word of the Lord. I can can remember preparing for this sermon series on on Ecclesiastes. And I read through the book several times. And each time I got to these verses, Ecclesiastes 7, 15 to 22, it's like my eyes bugged out of my head. And I'd have to read them once and then twice and then say to myself this question, did he really just say that? The commentators agree. There's a guy named Walter Kaiser. He says that of all the verses in the entire book of Ecclesiastes, of all of them, these verses, he said, this is his words, not mine, are the most susceptible, susceptible to myth. vulnerable to people misinterpreting them and misapplying them they are like they are like the the scraped knee of ecclesiastes vulnerable to infection they are they are the the pc without a firewall they are the balded head underneath a blazing sun susceptible to sunburn susceptible these verses are vulnerable they are and i think you know why 
Do you know why? Look at verse 16 and 17. Solomon says, do not be over-righteous. And then he says in verse 17, do not be over-wicked. So it's as if Solomon is saying, don't be too holy and don't be too sinful. Find a middle road between both of those extremes. You see the problem with that? Now, it, it would be one thing. It would be one thing if Solomon was ex- suggesting a middle road between, say, our activity, right? We wouldn't want to work seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and go to one extreme when it comes to our work. And then we also wouldn't want to go to the extreme of being lazy. Maybe there's a middle road between the two, or when it comes to alcohol, maybe there's a middle road. Like we wouldn't want to have too many drinks and look stupid in front of people and shame our God. But on the other hand, we also might want to not say. But is there a killer when it comes to wickedness and righteousness? Because it seems, it seems that Solomon is vulnerable, susceptible to that kind of interpretation. As if, as if he's saying, let me give you a case study on this. The martyrs. The martyrs, right? All they had to do was sin once. If they would just say, Jesus, you're not my God and Savior in front of people, they could have gotten out of it. But they didn't. They were over-righteous, and so they died. And then you could move to the other extreme, and you could see a city like Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Sodom and Gomorrah, they were way too wicked. So what did God do? He wiped them out too. So don't live at either one of those two extremes, and then maybe you'll live a long time. Some people might misunderstand the verses and think that they're saying that, but they cannot be saying that. Because Scripture says otherwise. No sin gives glory to God. So, so what does it mean to be over-righteous? What does it mean to be over-wicked? That, that's kind of a key question when you get to this text. You know, i got to tell you this. You know an over-righteous person when you see them. You know it. See, there's, there is no such thing really as over-righteousness. There's only people who feel, who feel more righteous than others. That's the over-righteous person. So Solomon's talking about what Jesus was talking about when he said, there's people out there, and maybe you're one of them, who instead of taking the log, you remember what Jesus said about this? Instead of taking the log out of their own eye, what do they do? They're straining at the speck in your eye. There's people up on bent and crooked as can be, and then they accuse their shadow and say, you are wicked and awful, and they don't even realize that it's them. 
These are the over-righteous people in the world that Solomon's talking about. They feel more righteous than others. Now, this is an important point. I think you see this today because I see it. That we have moved... into a time in the world where everybody thinks they know what the righteous and moral thing to do, and they could. I think each, of us, each one of us could do this too. They could sit with their neighbor and see all of the wickedness of their neighbor. And sometimes they would t- point it out in a toxic. way. Sometimes we're living in an age of new Pharisaism. And if you don't see that, you're fine. There's people living up on their high horses, ready to point out all the moral failings of everybody around them. That's where we're standing. We're, we're like people today. This is our age in particular. All of us are living this. We're like the people standing crooked in our own, in, our, in, our, in the sunlight, accusing our own shadow. We're the people straining at specks in our neighbor's eyes. And we don't even realize that the problem is us. The problem is us. What should I say? Do I need to say? Maybe I should come at you. Do you, you preach? Do not steal. Why do you steal? Or you who preach, do not gossip. Why do you gossip? Should I come at you hard like that? You, you who require that everyone live up to the changing standards of the morality of this day, why do you not live up to God's moral standards? Come down off your high horse. Don't be overrighteous, Solomon says. There's a story. There's, there's a story written by Flannery O'Connor. She's an award-winning author who wrote a little short story called Revelation. And in this story, there's an overrighteous older woman. And she's sitting in this doctor's office with all kinds of other people. And in this story, Flannery O'Connor middle looking down on all hospital rooms. Overright just crossing the things that she's just thinking, I'm glad I'm not like them. I'm glad that my And then in the middle of the story, there's this little girl, her name is Grace, and I think that's a little bit ironic. And, and Grace has a book in her hand, and all of a sudden, she takes it. And right ahead of this overrighteous middle-aged white woman, and she says this. Now, we're going to bleep this out a little bit. Hits her square in the forehead, and Grace says to the overrighteous person, 
go to where the devil lives. Go to, can't say it, you old warthog. Go to you old warthog. This over-righteous person, when, when she took the book full in the forehead and hears this phrase, you're just an old warthog, she goes home and, and she can't get it out of her head, see? No, couldn't be. There's no way that, I, that I'm that over-righteous person I'm not an old warthog. And she argued with herself like all day. And then finally it struck her. She gave in and she realized, yes, I am. I am that old warthog. We, in fact, we all are. That's what Solomon says. Look what he says. It's verse 20. Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous. And the Apostle Paul, quoting that same verse, he intensifies it and he says, not even one. Not even one of us is righteous. So what should we do? Well, Solomon Solomon puts it this way. He says, he beckons us and calls us. He says, come on out. Come on out. In fact, the way that he puts this is, is this. This is, this is verse 18. He says, the one who fears God shall come out from them both. So the one who fears God will come out from their over-wickedness, and the one who fears God will come out from their over-righteousness, this feeling that I'm better than you, and they will come out to a new thing. And And so we've come out. We've come out to a new thing. You know, you knew I'd get here on Reformation Day. You knew it, didn't you? That what do we come out to? What does our faith say? Sola Scriptura. We live only by the Scripture alone and no popes, no tradition, can override that. What does our faith say? By grace alone. By gra- In other words, this can't be earned or deserved. We don't merit it. How could we? We're old warthogs. There is no one righteous on earth. It must then be by grace. What does our faith say? It says, by faith alone. So that that rules out any kind of works, any kind of righteousness on our own. Paul says, apart from works, this is what our faith says. And by the way, what does the Scripture say? Exactly what Paul wrote. Exactly what Luther taught. That's what Solomon's teaching right here. Do you notice that? He says, how is our salvation coming? Not from over-righteousness or over-wickedness. Our salvation comes for those who fear, who fear God. That's another way of saying, by f-
or the words of the preacher, Kohelet here, and I can tell you this, that don't be too righteous for this. Don't be too, don't, don't, don't think that your salvation comes apart from Christ. Don't be too righteous and think, I, I'm better than everybody else, so I don't need Jesus' cross. I don't need His redemption. Don't be too righteous for that. Come on out and plant Jesus' cross right there in the middle of your heart. And don't be too wicked either. Don't go to that extreme either. Don't think, I'm such a poor sinner. How could God possibly forgive me this sin? Don't be too wicked. Jesus died for the sins of the world. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Don't be too righteous and don't be too wicked. And now this is, this is where things get really life-changing. Solomon's got a little scenario here at, in, in the last few verses. Look at, look at verses 21 and 22, where he says, just settle down. Don't take all this to heart. And this is what he says. Do not pay attention to every word people say. Or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. So think about this scenario and with an overrighteous person. If you're overrighteous, you're thinking, I would never curse or say a bad thing behind somebody's back. I would never do such a thing. And then when you hear someone actually do it against you, you're flipping out, right? You're like, you're, you're giving them every single word in your vocabulary. You're, you're letting them have it because you're overrighteous. If you're overwicked, same thing. You're thinking, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm a sinner. I'm just going to lean into the sin and you let them have it. But what happens if your righteousness comes from outside of you through Christ alone? What happens if you know that you're no better than anybody else? And as Solomon says, you know in your heart, that's what he says, that you've done it too. That you're no better than anybody else. Then all of a sudden, you can, you can sort of say with Solomon, I'm not going to pay attention. It's not going to bother me. I'm not going to flip out. Because I know two things. I know that I'm a sinner too. I got no right to judge. But I also know that my righteousness comes through Christ alone and in Him. I'm perfect. Blessed be God's name for His reformation. Praise be to God who through Martin Luther he restored the truth so that we don't live in the lies of the Roman Catholic Church. That we think we got to earn God's favor. We do not. By grace alone, by faith alone, by Scripture alone. Amen.